Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm here chatting with Ian Kirkpatrick. He's an American record producer and songwriter based out of LA who has worked with some huge names in music. Ian, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Great stuff. How's, uh, how's things at the moment? Uh, are you managing to keep keep busy and kind of stay sane, as it, as it were? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the industry has kind of evolved into, like, getting tested every week for coronavirus and then... Oh, really? <laughs> well, because I've been in with, with Lizzo and it's a very small session and, like, uh, everyone gets a test every, I mean you know week and everyone has to be responsible okay it's nice to interact with people though a little more than yeah a month ago yeah i mean still yeah at least you're getting actual socializing time with people i guess even though it is um you know the restrictions and and what have you but no that's great so you were in the studio with lizzo recently so yeah for the last month ish on and off um cool besides that just working on like some chain smokers songs and just uh, th- that balanced out with trying to stay sane, you know, yeah, given the yeah. climate. If, what what else have you kind of been um, been doing to stay busy? Other than the music stuff, is there anything you've kind of, any weird uh, habits or anything well, you've picked up? I'd be, I mean, I've been trying to, you know, work out so I don't get fat in quarantine. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I have my... <laughs> I have my panic attacks scheduled now, so it's like, you know, one <laughs> mental breakdown a week is good now yeah, for me. Yeah. And uh, Other than that, I honestly, I've, I've been taking a lot of edibles <laughs> and, you know, uh, just trying to go back to the, you, like, the the stage of, like, learning, you know, like, when, like, a long time ago when I first started doing this stuff, it was, I was always on the internet, like, researching, and yeah. now that I work more, I do less researching, and so... I was like, oh, this could be an opportunity to, you know, update my plug-in knowledge and stuff. So I've been doing a lot of research stuff too on on sounds and techniques cool. and shit, as much okay. as I could do. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I really don't like getting into the technical stuff um, and getting hands on with it. Uh, yeah, I suppose you've got definitely. a lot of time um, or more time to do that. I guess. Yeah, cool. Um, before we move, uh, you know, come on to some of your recent projects, which you've mentioned already, and the gear and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm curious to know how you got started in music. Was it the same way as everyone else, you know, picking up an instrument from a young age? Um, and who were some yeah. of kind of your early influences in music? Um, well, I got a, I mean, I was, I was given, gifted a drum set when I was five. So I, I, the instrument I started on was drums. Yeah. And uh, I was in a bunch of bands in high school and stuff. And one day I was introduced to the Aphex Twin by a friend of mine on a mm. burnt ski and I think it was like biology or something like that. And I heard this one song called the girl boy song. And it was like the first time I'd heard drum programming and basically what you could do with a computer and music. So that kind of got me thinking that I need a computer to, mm. this is 1997, I think. Mm. So mm. by 98, I, I had, you know, a little 486. This is before Pentiums. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. I was starting to, you know, experiment with, composing on the computer as well as like graphic design and stuff like that i was like a, I was a little nerd but it you know it was a it was a, it started as a hobby um you know it came from the lack of control i had when i was a drummer i was like man i would love to be able to do all of these things and control the sound more and so listening to the apex when made me realize i yeah. could actually do that so it started 
it started there as a hobby and pretty much blossomed. Yeah, yeah, which is um, which is I guess how it often starts. When did you? What was the point when obviously Apex Twin uh, great influence to have? Um, but oh, yeah. when did you first kind of start putting pen to paper and writing your own songs, that kind of stuff? Well, that wasn't actually until way, way later. I never, I never did much like lyrical writing or anything. It was mostly, okay. you know, for, for one point, for, at one point, I thought I was going to score movies. Okay. But uh, you know, I only started writing so, like entire songs collaboratively with bands that I was producing. Okay. So it was never like a, you know, there was never like a solo artist project or anything that I was doing myself. It was always based on collaboration. So okay. I guess that wasn't until maybe two thousand eight. Okay. When I was producing a lot of like warp tour bands. Okay. And, yeah. So before that, it was more just like production stuff, like you say, like drum sample yeah, packs, just messing around all, with that kind of stuff. And exactly, it was all you know experiments and uh, you know I was listening to a lot of like I guess uh, intelligent dance music, the IDM stuff, and okay. a lot of that was sampling and then manipulating the samples and yeah, yeah. chopping up stuff, and you know it was it was mostly just playing with sounds and textures. Okay. Before that. Okay. And and when you're in the studio, um, kind of collaborating with uh, someone, obviously, um, whether it be an artist, musician, songwriter, is there a kind of general approach you take or a kind of ethos that you have, um, you know, when someone comes walking into the studio with an idea or you've got an idea or a concept? Um, mm. Or obviously it, it must differ depending on who you're working with. Yeah, there's there's no real general, like kind of order of operations sometimes uh we'll just talk for a few hours <laughs> and then maybe start a song and other days it's like you know with lizzo for instance she'll come in some days like i don't know what do you you know play me some stuff and other days she'll come in and be like oh i heard this one thing and watch this tiktok and you see how this does this and these sounds let's combine this like sometimes you know an artist can have the entire idea which is fun for me because it's like yeah you know i i feel like a cha- it's it's a challenge it's like how could we combine these things and i'm like oh let's see you know and then we all you know that's that's where the fun starts <laughs> um but yeah there's no i mean uh, the best songs i find come out of long conversations usually i guess that's one general thing like after mm. talking for a while and really getting comfortable you know getting to a place where you can be creative and open and feel safe and all that stuff sometimes it, it takes a while to get there and you know a good in-depth conversation which happens naturally of course when you you know enter a room with people and start talking uh of that's course, usually where course. great songs come from and i guess that's the only general yeah i mean i guess with thing s- i can think of yeah no it does I com- completely make sense but um obviously it must click um with certain with certain artists and you've worked with some some huge ones um you know the 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 list here you've produced and written music for Dua Lipa, Jason Derulo, Selena Gomez, Nick Jonas, Justin Bieber, Britney Spears, Pitbull, Katy Perry um list goes on man list goes on um when you know how do you how do you you get to that point you know this is you know you're kind of where where did you have your like big break I'm just curious because You've got to start somewhere, and like you say, um, yeah. those conversations must have been kind of harder at the beginning compared to how yeah. they are now. Yeah. Well, I feel like I had two breaks. I had one break when I did a song called "Blackout" for this band, Breathe Carolina. Okay. That charted on top forty, and that got me a bunch of sessions with like Bonnie McKee and Jay Cash, and 
I met Ross Golan and okay, uh, nothing came out of those sessions. Right. So <laughs> like I had all this interest in me and like, Oh, who's this kid? And you know, this production's so cool. Let's put him in a bunch of writing sessions and then nothing happened. And like, I wasn't ready for it. So I kind of like faded to obscurity again. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until three years later when want to want me came out by a, uh, Sorry, Jason Drulo, and and then I got another round of meetings, and then another opportunity to write with some of these, you know, great writers. And at that point, I was mm. made sure I wasn't going to miss this opportunity and be ready for it. So, you know, I, overall, those were like the breaks, but it's it's seriously felt like a, a slow, you know, thirteen year uh, gradual <laughs> increase in in activity, and uh, I guess. I don't know popularity on the uh, producers. Word, word of mouth as well. Would you say have you got a lot? You know, you must oh, yeah. be pretty All well connected All as well. Word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. I remember it used to be important to have like a MySpace and a website. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's the industry is is actually so small and has so many little clicks of people that just you know work in the same circles always, and it's like you know, whether you're a newcomer or you, or you come up with your own click, you know, like yeah. Julia Michaels was just singing demos for me when she started and, you know, was just starting to write songs. And Justin Tranter was, you know, playing in his band and promoting, and, and he was a promoter, I think at one point, like he was, he would get me into these clubs. Like this is like before any of us had any cuts or anything and we were <laughs> all writing songs, but then also friends and kind of coming up together. Yeah. So yeah you know, and you come up with these circles and, and like everyone works with these people they're comfortable working with. So it's like when there's a new person, you know, you kind of evaluate them. And and the first time around, I didn't really, I couldn't hang. And the second time around, I did a lot better and okay. maintained relationships with some of these writers and stuff. But um, yeah, sorry. If I go off on any tangents, I apologize. No, I appreciate tangents very much, to be honest. Just um, interrupt we, me and be like, Ian, we, shut up, dude. You're, 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> Unicorns for? We're talking we like tangents. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Having said that, um, is there anyone that you've been working in the industry with for a particularly long time? Any of like your good friends in the industry that you're still kind of working with to this day? So many. I mean, Julia Michaels is like my little sister. Okay. She is, uh, to, to, you know, I, we talk almost every day. She's just a homie. I mean, Justin, obviously, Ross Golan is a big mm. friend. Emily Warren, Caroline Aylin, they're they're all people I am actually friends with today that I've been working with for so long now that it's like uh when we get into a room to write, it's it's very natural. Mm. You know, it's like you take a long time to find your people. And by that I mean like the people that you're really comfortable writing with. And, you know, like uh, uh, Jay Cash and I, we we've worked together a gajillion times and we've probably written, you know, a hundred songs together and maybe two of them are good, but all of those sessions were fun and great. And, you know, it's like, you know, that good things can happen. So you keep working with, yeah, yeah. you know, so there's, I mean, pretty much everyone I work with now are people that I've either been working with for a while or, you know, I mean, they're, they're all my friends. Yeah. And I don't yeah. have many friends, but they're all friends too. So. That's great. Yeah, I, I, but but yeah, Julia is probably the person I've known the longest, who I still work with. Yeah, yeah. Besides my manager, I guess I don't know. Awesome. Um, I'm curious to, uh, well, I'm curious about a lot of things, but um, I wanted to talk about uh, your work with Julie because she's, um, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the artists you've worked with have been 
smashing it with their records um uh you know multiple accolades worldwide um which is testament to uh your talent obviously um but uh what's uh what's julipa like to work with um because she she's she's the sweetest yeah she's like the most down-to-earth normal person (laughs) you know she's funny she's her wit is like really quick which I can appreciate, yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm like really fast with the jokes and not good jokes necessarily, but like, I don't know, she can keep up with the wit, which is great. Exactly um, what I would imagine she's like as well. Is what she's yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's just like, I don't know, she's so normal. outrageously normal for as big <laughs> as a star as she is. Like, yeah. you forget that when you're just hanging out with her when we're working, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, let's go to Starbucks or something. You're like, oh wait, we, <laughs> you know, you're Dua Lipa, I forgot. <laughs> it's like it's strange yeah but she's sweet yeah. so sweet yeah great stuff uh i can see obviously you're at the moment in your pretty cool looking I'm studio man um in uh in la right yes yes born and raised how long have you had that place then um let's see i've been here for uh, two and a half years before that i lived in hollywood for a couple of years okay um and then random places in the valley, but yeah, I've been been around here most of, except for four years of college. I have a degree in economics, mind you. So, if you have any questions, <laughs> handy to have. Handy to don't have. ask me because I forgot. But <laughs> I've been pretty much in LA all that time, except for college. So, okay, okay, which is different than most people. They uh, most people like migrate here to do music, and me, I just kind of grew up in the atmosphere of it. So, yeah, I always thought that was a little bit of a like a an, an advantage I had. Yeah. So I didn't exactly have to have to like pick up and move somewhere to pursue music. I just happened to grow up in the city where a lot of music it gets comes done. to you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Best way for it to be, I guess. Um, yeah, I want to talk about your studio as well. Obviously, uh, sure. about some of the gear that you've that you've got. What kind of system are you running at the moment? And do you, you know, you said you've been getting a little bit more technical recently. Um, kind of see it. Well, I got yeah. Oh. You could see the I got well I got the new Mac Pro the cheese grater guy which is kicking ass. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean I don't have much outboard gear. You know yeah, I have yeah. I mean I have one rack full but I have like literally the the Shadow Hills Equinox which is for monitoring and summing. Um, a couple uh, 1084 BAE 1084s. Okay. Preamps. Uh, the Burl B2 Bomber, which is an exceptional converter, a distressor, uh, oh, a culture vulture, which is uh, yeah. for distortion. And my newest tool, if you can see this here, is, is called the um, Handsome Audio Zulu Passive Tape Emulator. It's incredible. Oh, cool. And it, and it kind of gives you like cool tape saturation. I haven't learned how to use it to its peak yeah. Or, you know, I haven't used it, learned how to use the, the, get the best out of it yet, but I'm on my way. I <laughs> fucked up a lot of tracks so far, but it's, it's, it's all about experimenting, really though, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, besides that, I mean, a MIDI keyboard and trusty SM7, and that's usually, I mean, this, well, this, this <laughs> mic that I'm talking on now is like the mic that Dua did. Uh, there's a song called Pretty Please that we did. Yeah. And, you know, she did the, the vocals on this mic on this pretty much chain I'm talking through on the couch in two takes. And it was just like, you know, it's this, this sounds great. Like it's just an SM seven. It's not, you know, I didn't bring out the big boy for the vocal and it just worked out fine. So it's a very limited setup, but everything, you know, over a decade, I've kind of 
whittled Stream, it down. Streamlined it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like you say, it's personal preference at the end of the day, isn't it? If you're doing most things in the box, um, yeah, you it, can just it, keep you know, your setup nice and clean. And yeah. As long as, you know, and obviously as a, geez, I don't even know how many years I've been using Cubase now, but like as a. I was going to come on to that, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, that ha- it, it actually has, it's a good tra- a seg- segue because that has a lot to do with how little I have on the outside, mm, you know, mm. on the outboard because Cubase just kind of lets me um, work as fast as I can think, which is, you know, nice and reflects kind of the, the outboard stuff around me. You know, it's really only what I need at that moment. And yeah. if I don't need it, I'll, I'll clean it up and put it away because my brain is already scattered enough. <laughs> uh, as it is so the, the, you know and when there's too much like visual information which is kind of right now uh i go a little <laughs> bit crazy so i have to keep it pretty minimal on the outside yeah. but yeah I, I most of the shit i do and is is probably in the in the dot itself in cubase so how long have you been using it in total is it been you kind of quite a long time user whenever i think when I think when when did like Cubase SX three I think was when I started using it. Oh, okay. Maybe which must have been oh six, oh five. I don't know. I don't know. Whenever it, it's, jeez, it, I don't even actually know the first year I started using Cubase. It must have been no. It has to be like two thousand four. I was already on Cubase when I was really? in college. So that, really, yeah, oh four, oh five. Um, yeah, SX3, SX3 was uh, 2005, yeah. Wow. Jeez. And you was in college then, uh, yeah. Uh, I was in, I graduated in 04, so that okay. was my first okay. year. Okay. So you would so have been totally partying. <laughs> and also pulling my hair out and, and using Cubase. To, uh, <laughs> using Cubase and thinking how am I going to ever make any money doing any of this. <laughs> but I had you know, I had supplemental little jobs so yeah of course. and i lived at home you know i was my thanks, bless my mom for putting up with me <laughs> bless mums yeah oh so um cubase uh why is it your daw of choice um and mm. what kind of features do you like about it obviously it, it's been um upgraded and oh, yeah. updated um umpteen uh, times but you know they it's uh it's just kind of a game changer, isn't it? Um, I, it I believe so. You know, I, I never, I, I always, once I actually started talking to the people at Steinberg, I was such a, f- like a, f- a fanboy, you know, that I was, I've, I've always been so excited to do anything for them, any sort of promotion if they, you know, because I feel like I owe Steinberg so much because Cubase is, I, 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 th- I think I dream in Cubase now. <laughs> it, I, it, it, you know, the DAW that you use shapes your creative process, right? So, uh, Absolutely. you know, a, a large yeah. part of my creative process is kind of using randomness to, or using chaos to find order. So something like, uh, you know, almost a terabyte at this point of samples uh, and stuff like that in the media bay. And like, since the media bay uses indexing and has all these different, like, I mean, I know it's like not even part of what the DAW does yet, but the way I search for samples with Cubase mm-hmm. and the media and how fast it is with the indexing is if I want a percussion loop, I'm going to type perk loop and then go by my ratings. And then I'll have eight, 10 years of percussion loops. I love rated. Yeah. And 
I can, you know, oh, I, but I only want the ones in this directory. And like, it has like a way of searching that basically makes, makes it able for me to just, you know, pull in random shit and run the loops parallel to the song in real time and, and kind of just explore what the possibilities are before I make a decision. Yeah. So yeah. the is like probably my favorite part about Cubase. But other than that, it's, it's, you know, the, it's great for MIDI and for time stretching and stuff. It, it's literally feels like you're playing God with audio sometimes because you can do anything you want and I can do it as fast as I can think about it, which yeah, is great. That's a, that's a nice, um, kind of, uh, metaphor, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, crucial. If, if you have no attention span like myself, yeah. you know, and, and you, you battle with the attention deficit, uh, disorder, which I made peace with as a price to any sort of talent I have is, is there's a price to it. And the price is the, is the inability to pay attention and the emotional, <laughs> emotional, uh, I don't know, uh, unsteadiness. The balance. Is just the price. Yeah. Un- unbalanced emotional aspects is just like, you know, I made peace with my crazy. I was like, you know what? I would, maybe I wouldn't be good at music if I wasn't this nuts in real life. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's it. So just to go back to the point, it's important to be able to work as fast as I could think because yeah, I will forget absolutely. <laughs> if I can't do it right away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like Cubase. <laughs> okay. And say no more. Say no more. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I will. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, yeah. So have you, is that something Cubase that's kind of you're obviously it's like your go-to is there anything else oh, yeah. from Steinberg that you've um experimented with and is there anything oh. in Cubase that kind of um obviously you've it sounds like you've like mastered the the interface and and the, the you know the system itself uh, is there anything that ever pops up and surpri- surprises you um you know and like is there still ways that you find that you can experiment with it yeah I mean the if we're talking like real specifics there's a this the way that you can like slide inside of a audio file to kind of find like you know you can make like a window inside a longer file and kind of uh-huh. slide the content like that that and and you know and if anyone's confused I can probably look at my my live streams cuz I do it all the time but like using that is another way to like find random bits of samples that sound good in loop and stuff and uh also I was going to say pad shop is something I've been playing with recently that's blowing my mind. It's like a granular synthesis uh, thing where it just chops up, you know, samples into little grains of okay. audio. And uh, that, that's that been blowing my mind. Their sampler backbone is pretty cool too, although I haven't really dived too deep into it yet. Um, cool, cool. I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a, I'm probably missing a bunch, but there's a ton of stuff. But yeah, Pad Shop as of late has been my a lot of fun for creating like random percussion and chords out of voices. And you can even like record a song and then like, you know, place the great place, the position of it or, or something like basically you, you oh, can really? steal a moment of a chord from a song, you know, like you ever worked in Melodyne and when you like hold the mouse over a note, it'll just play it like in loop. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, like really smoothly. Like it does that with entire songs and you can kind of st- make chords out of depending on the position you're looping it's it's crazy it's pretty crazy it's (laughs) so much fun because it's it's total again it's like and this is maybe a theme of of my production technique at least it's using kind of chaos and randomness to find order 
yeah, you know, like yeah. seeing what happens if I do this. It's like a, a you know, a scientist in a laboratory just throwing a bunch of shit together and <laughs> it explodes or it doesn't do anything, you know? <laughs> Professor Kirkpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, how about um, while we're on plugins and stuff, how about Oak Sound? Um, is that oh yeah because they've got they've got soothe they've got soothe too i don't know if that's one you've used it's a dynamic resonance suppressor um soothe and and both uh, both soothe and spiff i'm a huge fan of yeah spiff actually i mean soothe i've been i saw the disclosure guys put soothe i think it was them put soothe on their master bus and that blew my mind um that's been something I've been doing recently with Soothe, mm. other than DSing and and you know controlling completely what vocals sound like. But Spiff, I've been using a lot lately for its. Uh, there's this little you know, Spiff is like a transient designer, okay. a multi-band transient designer. I don't know as much about Spiff as it, Soothe. It, it's like you can, yeah. It's it's basically like the same thing as Soothe, but for transients so like say you have a loop and you don't want the kick to hit as hard you're going to make the transients in the low in the mid lows less prominent than okay, the highs okay so and then they also have like this the uh, same with soothe has this delta mode you know where you can see what it's taking out mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. i've been using this delta mode in spiff to focus on the transients only okay so it, it will it's it's almost like a little like a gate right where i can take a loop and all of a sudden, only the drums plus every little bit of information that's on the yeah. drums is going to be around. So you get these weird effects of like, uh, it's insane. Again, chaos <laughs> to find order. Because <laughs> you, uh, you just throw a bunch of shit into it and then see what happens. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, that sounds crazy. Yeah. But that's a bit so. of a game changer as well, surely. Because that's like super experimental. Like that's just something, that, like you say, you can just chuck stuff at it. And, yeah. um, and I think what's important about you know doing experimental stuff nowadays is that since the barriers to entry of producing are so that's an economics term by the way since barriers the, uh, to entry yeah. You know, yeah not it's not uh <laughs> i think that's the right the, the it's like if yeah. you want to get into the business of producing it's not that hard you yeah. can go anyone can go download samples from splice and uh, you know a daw from the no internet. barriers to entry <laughs> Bar- right so since there are such low basically non-existent barriers to entry everyone if you just did the minimum would, would sound pretty similar because everyone's using the same samples and everyone's using the same DAWs and yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's, that's one of the reasons I really, really love, you know, using weird things like Spiff and, you know, the media bay and Cubase and pad shop to find, and the slide feature and shit like that to, yeah, to yeah. find new random weird experimental shit to blend in with all the stuff that everyone else has. I think that's what can give your sound the edge. So I, I really try to focus a lot on that. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? How um, obviously there's so many so many different tools, so many different doors out there, but everyone kind of has their own. Obviously, it's personal preference. But I was talking yeah. to someone recently who said it's kind of like football teams. You know, you you have your your door, and that's kind of you you champion that, and you you know, obviously you're using it every day, and it's it's yeah. um, you just become kind of like yeah. Um, you learn to think with it. You learn to think with yeah. the tools you have. And like you say, you dream in it as well, which is... Um, totally. which is <laughs> it feels like an extension of, of, of the body eventually, you know, and, and <laughs> which, which can lead to, you know, you screaming at your computer yeah. and, and, you know, heavily relying on it to perform as fast as it needs to, which is, you know, why... <laughs> I make sure you've got, you know, know Mac. my, my computer is, can, can handle that shit. And, you know, so I don't 
basically I need to work as fast as I can think of the ideas and yeah. I'll go to any lengths, uh, you know, I can to do that. Yeah. So you said you've been, you, I've mentioned, um, you mentioned you've been doing some live streams. Is that kind of like some production workshops, stuff like that? <laughs> you know, that, that, that started during quarantine because I was losing my mind. It's and a also, cool do thing you remember do, when though, quarantine man. started? Everybody was all excited and baking bread, and like everybody was doing live <laughs> streams, and it was all like, "We're gonna be here for two weeks." <laughs> and you know, now it's like much more chill. <laughs> no one really, you know, does it as much. But it, it it's nice because I never I never knew how many people appreciated watching me be ridiculous. Yeah, and I go yeah. back and watch them, and I realize because I'm way too nervous to do it completely sober so i'll take a little edible <laughs> a little five milligram this so i'm like a little bit more at ease you know which nice. doesn't help the attention span but it, it helps the entertainment aspect of it yeah, yeah. and and takes away the, the nerves goal. as well yeah 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 and, and but actually it's become easier recently just because people seem to love it and you know when i open up a, a, a i'll make this as short as possible but long story short in the in the old days, I remember there was like a video on YouTube of Dr. Luke talking to some class and he had the uh, teenage dream session up on a projector yeah. at this, like what looked like a conference or something. And, ev- and I was just like, oh my God, the actual session of this massive worldwide hit, you know, I got to see exactly what he did. And like, that was like such a rare thing to see, yeah, you know, the yeah, actual session, yeah. the pro there was a pro tool session right there in front yeah, of me. There's the actual yeah. vocal that sold 10 million copies or whatever. And it was just like mind blowing. And so I always thought about how rare that was to see that. <laughs> and for me personally, I don't take any joy in keeping anything, you know, secret or, you know, I'm not precious about my techniques or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, you can see how I do something, but uh, you know, and you can copy it exactly, but it's like, I'm just handing you the paintbrush, you know, you can do yeah. whatever you want with yeah. it. So, I never worried about, you know, giving away any secrets or anything. And then I thought, wow, if I do a live stream, and I'm sure this, a lot of other producers had the same, uh, you know, came to the same conclusion, but like, I, I, I want to show people like what, you know, don't start now session looked like. I want, you know, if they have questions about a vocal chop, it's like, I want to be like, look, look how simple it can be. You know, look how, I mean, it's complicated, but like, this is how it is. You know, this is not yeah, a recreation. Yeah. This is the actual thing right here. And people love that shit. And I love that people love it because it, gets me excited and then everyone's excited and like oh thank you so much and i get all these yeah. nice messages from people that are like you know uh, thank you for showing me blah, blah blah and it's it's so it makes me feel so good so i've kept doing it yeah it's cool man it's, and also it's a good way to interact with people you know being in quarantine so yeah absolutely and i'm you know i'm not surprised that it was something that did come out of quarantine because people have been doing um a lot of things to keep themselves busy and that's uh, like you say it's a way of um kind of staying connected with the world i guess and kind of share sharing a bit of knowledge sharing a bit of love and more of that yeah it it honestly might be that (laughs) that drives you know it's an excuse to share and talk to people and and who doesn't love people saying you know thank you you. (laughs) yeah you know it's uncomfortable but i like it (laughs) i'm like okay wow i can't believe because you know life as a producer for the most part is a lot of I'm in this room by myself a lot of the time yeah. and just by myself. And I, I remember, you know, walking around the room, listening to like the final version of don't start now before I sent it out to mix. And I was thinking, well, you know, what a privilege to be the first person to hear this. And, you know, I, at the time I, I didn't know if the song was going to do anything, but it was just going to be like, it was just the idea of knowing that, you know, in this room and from my solidarity, uh, you know, in this moment to it's millions quite of humbling. Song, 
yeah, it's it's like it's so it's so magical, you know, and. Yeah, and so since, but, but, but a lot of the time is spent alone and, and the live stream thing. And, and also, you know, I, I started like a discord server. So I've been talking okay. to people and yeah. everyone's so fucking nice. It's weird. It's like it's the <laughs> internet and everyone's so nice. I mean, everyone that comes into the room, you know, it's not like Twitter. Yeah, no, <laughs> Twitter's different. Twitter's different. Man. Trump supporters and make fun of them and stuff. That's, <laughs> that's my Twitter game. And, and I get suspended all the time for saying bad words. It's okay though. I respect the <laughs> you rules. bounce back. But, you know, Bounce back, man. Twitter's almost Twitter, as bad Twitter's as different. YouTube comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Cool. I get yeah. Have you, um, how have you generally found it, um, kind of in quarantine and stuff? Obviously, you've been uh, keeping yourself busy on the kind of music side. How have you found yeah. it in general? And um, like on, the, on the personal side? Yeah, well, yeah, like just kind of, just, yeah, just how's it, how's it been in general? Well, it's... I mean, it's uh, it's uh, honestly, it's a roller coaster. I turned 38 last month, and you know, if uh, I've dedicated a large part of my life to to music, and and you know, it, it's I, I like to blame it on that, but it's also probably because I'm grossly immature. But you know, <laughs> as I get both. older, I'm like, shit, I need to like go do stuff in the real world, you know, like because I I obviously love what I do. But it's been a little traumatic this quarantine because I, you know, like too much time to reflect. Become very important for me, and and going out and meeting people and and <laughs> quarantine has kind of brought all of that to an end for the moment. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've had like a few bad bad weeks where, you know, and and when I say a bad week, I'm you know relative to me, I. Not, in no way minimize, you know, anyone who actually catches Corona or whatever, that's, that's real struggle. But, you know, everyone's in their own little bubble, relative bubble now. Right. Yeah, so it's like course. you're, the world shrinks down to just your four walls and <laughs> you stub your toe and it's, it's the worst fucking day ever, you know? Yeah. So it's all relative, been a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, that, you know, it's been, it's been on and off, but I, I think the working out has helped me stay somewhat sane Yeah. and, uh, you know, being able to talk to people like you and do interviews and, do the live streams has kept me somewhat regular i guess but yeah, i don't know cool. I, I can't tell if i'm adjusting to it or if i've just well adapting i think is the word a lot of people are just finding their own way yeah. aren't they and just yeah just adapting I how guess. about you how is it i mean yeah. it's it's easy to i you know it's got to be easier to do interviews like yeah i mean i mean it's it's cool for me as well um because i'm connecting with you know producers like yourself who are you know in completely different end of the world to me and experiencing this whole thing in a completely different way to what i am in wow. london you know what i mean like and just talking right. just seeing right. how everyone's getting on it's just cool as well as talking about the music obviously um do you find, but no, i know i'm not supposed to be interviewing you but do, you, <laughs> you, you must find that like all producers uh, do you find that they have, they have like very wide differences in how they do things and how they look at music or do you see common generalities i know there's definitely coming? there's definitely um jet like similarities um it, de it, it depends it depends on what kind of producer you are i think um you know huh. when you've yeah i don't know I've, i spoke to some big producers like yourself and some smaller ones and approaches are different like to some are more kind of on the songwriting side which is why i asked about the songwriting initially because some start right. um there you know jamie scott big producer in the uk he's worked with one direction all those those kind of things he started on the songwriting side um 
whereas obviously yourself was was more on the production so yeah it, it depends really though ian um yeah that's but, interesting because it, cause it's funny to think that you you know you have an insight that actually most people probably don't and it, it, songwriters too like top liners that come in and work with you know 20 different producers in a couple of weeks yeah. like get to see all these different things and the producers are always, are always like oh how was that session what what did what does he do you know <laughs> how does he write a song because <laughs> we never get to work i mean we work with other producers but not as yeah, often yeah. as writers and you know and maybe you'll get to interview so many different <laughs> people with different techniques and stuff. i don't know I always yeah find that interesting. no it's um it's certainly interesting and it keeps me busy as well plus i've got two dogs which keep me very busy um right. so yeah what kind of dogs uh one is a um little terrier little um she's a jack russell schnauzer cross and the other is a cocker spaniel he's a pup though he's um yeah he's crazy he's four he's just gone four months so four months yeah yeah he's a he's a handful man shut up yeah (laughs) big time wow so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so in between um doing podcasts and and juggling juggling uh dogs i guess um but no i'm all good all good here um ian it's been so good to have you on the show man um i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and and i think we've you know um it's been fascinating actually talking to you um no it really has and i I must say thanks again for for taking a bit of time out your day obviously um i know you've got a lot of lot of shit going on at the moment so um yeah it's much appreciated and uh absolutely my pleasure thank you for caring to talk to me (laughs) so welcome long long may um these cool projects for you continue and uh and yeah hopefully um you know we can get back out into the into the world soon and uh here's here's hoping to that (laughs) all right man thanks so much for your time you take care all right thank you too man cheers dude headliner radio supporting the creative community